0: Initiating upload. Snowman in the morning. Upload activated.
1: This has been a second floor basement. Right side, possibly Montana. Looking, looking. Throwing in the end zone. Caught oh, it. Two out. Palmeiro over the head of James. Uribe charges. Throws. And the White Sox have won the World Series! Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. GO! The Bulls
0: win! Welcome to Snowman in the Morning. Here's your host, Brian Snow. Well, good morning, and welcome to the Manic Monday edition of Snowman in the Morning. Lots to get to, and lots to get through. And I have someone very special that's going to kick off hour two of today's broadcast. We're we're presented, I should say, by Beamer Tire and Auto. Three locations now in the triad to serve you. And you can follow along with us by going to sdmsportsnetwork.com slash official more. That's where all the fun happens and if you haven't subscribed to it already on your favorite podcast player pick up the snow the best of snowman in the morning all the best bits from the show will be right there 1 hour after this show completes Ryan Dunn my Monday morning QB will join me and i can finally let the cat out of the bag i have a very very special guest and a story of redemption the one and only Tom Brenneman will join me this morning and I am so excited to have him aboard. Let's get busy, shall we? There was a big trade that happened over the course of the weekend and people are you know saying one team won it, the other team won it. Let me give you the let me let me give you the lowdown here. The Rams and the Detroit Lions swapped quarterbacks. And the Rams also sent some draft picks to Detroit for one Matthew Stafford. So that means Jared Goff is heading from Southern California to the snow of Detroit. And Matthew Stafford is heading to Southern California to play with the Rams. ooh wait! I sat back and I waited. I waited for all of the opinions to come out about who won this trade. I even posed a, um, a Twitter question about who won this trade. Okay? I'll get to my thoughts in just a moment, but that question is still open. So if I don't get to them today, I'll get to the results tomorrow. So everyone wants to know my opinion about this trade and y'all know how I am. I don't use analytics. I don't use a lot of numbers. I use my eyes. And I'm going to hurt a lot of people's feelings about this trade, especially the people that are fans of the teams involved in the trade. But quite simply, nobody won this trade. Let me explain very, very quickly. You're getting, you're swapping quarterbacks that are a mirror image of each other. I, you, You're swapping quarterbacks and you're putting them in front of basically the same kind of offensive line unless this spring they decide to fix the problem. And neither team has fixed the problem yet. Okay? You're only as good as your offensive line. I've said that many times over. And it, it's basically... A mirror, uh, you're basically getting quarterbacks that are a mirror image of each other. Okay, they're good, but they're not outstanding. They perform, but they don't perform in the clutch. I'll give Stafford a slight edge on that category because he actually played with a separated shoulder and threw a touchdown pass with a separated shoulder. And then the Rams went to a Super Bowl, got beat by the great Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. So what do the Rams do? They upped the ante and they paid Jared Goff an absorbent amount of money. The Lions did the same thing with Matthew Stafford. And remember, Matthew Stafford got his extension about two months after Jimmy Garoppolo got his. And we all know Jimmy Garoppolo has taken his team to a Super Bowl. What has Matt Stafford done? Or, as they say on 97.1, the ticket, one of my favorite phrases, Stat Patford. Stat Patford. So, do you really think... Do you really think that either team won this trade? Especially the Rams, because the Rams, once again, are sending picks to a team that will gladly take them. Now, what they do with them is... The big question. But but the Rams just basically did the Jalen Ramsey trade all over again. You send a King's ransom. They sent a King's Ransom to Jacksonville for Jalen Ramsey. And I'm sorry, Jalen Ramsey has not been all of that in Los Angeles. And now they're doing it again. They're sending more picks to Detroit for Matthew Stafford and we all know what Matthew Stafford has been through I even saw a headline as crazy as this sounds that said finally Matthew Stafford gets to compete for a championship like he hadn't competed for a championship in the 11 years he was in Detroit really I mean what the blank is wrong with people people are just not looking at this the way you should look at it and it's pretty simple for me no one won this trade the rams didn't win this trade because you're getting a quarterback who's 32 years old has been around uh, a a bleeping blanking blanky offensive line for 11 years they never solved the problem and you're talking about a quarterback that's been beat up For 11 years. One of those picks that the Lions got from the Rams is going to be a quarterback. Mark my words, in the next year, if it's this year or next year, within the next two years, they're going to draft a quarterback because Jared Goff is not it. All right, I'm sorry. You're talking about Goff, who's younger than Matthew Stafford, took his team to a Super Bowl, got some assistance in doing so. What has he done? This is my question. What has he done? And on top of that, what's he going to do for the Lions when he's known a stretch offense all year? Are they actually going to put a line in front of him? Are they actually going to to, uh, take a chance and say, hey, We need to build the offensive line. Are are either of these teams going to say that? I'll tell you right now, from what I'm seeing, my answer is no. So how the hell are you going to say that either team won this trade when it doesn't seem fair to either team, okay? It looks like the Lions fleece the Rams. They get a younger quarterback plus some draft picks. But how is Goff going to pick up the new system? That's my question. Or a better question would be, will he pick up the new system? And the other question that I have is, who is Jared Goff going to throw to in Detroit? Okay? There are no receivers, familiar receivers, I should say, in Detroit. I feel sorry for both teams. Because, yeah, Matthew Stafford gets some people to throw to, but the problem is, is the offensive line going to hold up enough so he can throw to them? I've always spoken about the offensive line. That's been the trouble with my team, the 49ers. The last three years, even they did go to the Super Bowl. So either of these teams, the Los Angeles Rams and the Detroit Lions, who both had dynamic running backs back in the day, Barry Sanders and Eric Dickerson, are now competing for services of a dynamic quarterback, which a lot of people who use analytics, I am not one of them, seems to think that this trade has produced. They seem to think that Matthew Stafford going to Los Angeles is going to help him compete an NFC West championship. I hate to tell you this, but that's not the case. Especially when you have the 49ers who are going to get healthy and get better, especially defensively, coming after you. Especially when you have Seattle coming after you and an improving Arizona Cardinals team coming after you. You know what held the Rams back for parts of the season? It didn't. It, it didn't happen in the game at Seattle, and I give them credit for this. But the problem is, and I'll say it again, the offensive line held them back. Oh, should I go a step further when it comes to the Rams? How about this? The lack of a running game also held them back. Yeah, you had a good playoff game in Seattle, but where was that most of the season? I asked the Seattle Seahawks that same damn question. The same damn question there are no running games and i you know I, I i would say i'm sorry for saying this but i'm not and as much as i love cam Akers, who's backing him up where's the running game in detroit who are you gonna lean on to run the football hmm who are you gonna lean on in detroit to run the football Because I don't see it in Detroit. And Jared Goff has always, for the most part, leaned on his running game to get him through. Yeah, you don't have that now. Y'all see a problem with this? I certainly do. I see a tremendous problem with this. There are no running games in either Los Angeles or Detroit. None. And the bigger problem is, if your offense doesn't move, it tells me that your defense is going to spend a lot of time on the field, which for both of these teams, their defenses has. And again, I'll I'll, I'll throw this question out there. Who is Jared Goff going to throw to? Well, Matthew Stafford has got receivers in front of him, but are they going to be able to be healthy? There are more questions than answers about this trade. More questions than answers. I applaud Matthew Stafford. I will say this. I applaud Matthew Stafford for going to the Detroit Brass and say, Look, I'm out of here. I'm not playing behind this blankety-blank offensive line, and I'm not playing anymore for this blankety-blank organization, which does not want to help us compete. I applaud Matthew Stafford for that. But now to me, it just seems like he's been thrown Out of the frying pan and into a deep fire. Both of these quarterbacks have been thrown out of the frying frying pan and into a deep fire. You know why I say that? Because until they solve the offensive problems that both of these teams have had, I do not see any movement, none whatsoever, absolutely none, by either of these teams. As a matter of fact, I think the Rams will finish last in the NFC West. And there's not a doggone thing, at least at the moment, that Matthew Stafford can do about it. More to the point, we'll do about it. That's Snowman's Take. What's yours? Follow us on Twitter, at Morn on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter as well at uh, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter. That's where we that, that's where we are located. Official SIT Mourn at Official SIT Mourn is the ID that you need. And don't forget you can help us do even more with our show by becoming a patron and subscribing for as low as $5 a month. 5 bucks a month gets you a bag, a bag of swag, which I'm uh, currently working on right now and get you some inside exclusives from behind the scenes here at the program because we're building a studio, and we're building a whole lot more with this. Ryan Dunn will come your way later to close out this hour, and then, as I mentioned, Tom Brenneman a little bit later on in the program. Sit back, relax, and strap it down. This is Snowman in the Morning.
1: You're listening to Snowman in the Morning, the show with the hottest takes and the coldest of cold, hard facts.
0: This is the Morning Sports Board. All right, it is time for the Morning Sports Board, and we start with a scoreboard that looks this way. In the NBA, it was the Clippers over the Knicks, 129-115, to Nuggets stopped the Jazz winning streak at 11. 128-117 was the final. More notes on that in a moment. Sixers used a 37-point fourth quarter to beat the Indiana Pacers 119-110. It was the Raptors over the Magic 115-102. Back-to-back threes, including a steal and a Russell Westbrook three. The Wizards stunned the Nets 149-146. I'll have more on the Nets tomorrow. And in the last game of the night, it was the Timberwolves that defeated the Cleveland Cavaliers by a final of 109-104. to 104. In the NHL, it was the Devils over the Sabres, a final of 5-3. Hurricanes over the Stars, 4-3. That came in a shootout. Panthers over the Red Wings, 3-2. Overtime finish gives the Flyers a 4-3 win. And the Chicago Blackhawks seem to be getting their act together as they defeat The Columbus Blue Jackets by a final of 3-1. Your golf scoreboard looks this way. Patrick Reed wins the Farmers Insurance Open by five shots. He finished at 14-under. Other competitors in second place finished at 9-under. ACC action from Sunday. It was Syracuse over North Carolina State 76-73. And going back to Saturday, it was Duke over Clemson, 79-53. to It was Wake Forest over Miami, 66-54. Georgia Tech beat 16th-ranked Florida State, 76-65. Virginia Tech beat Virginia, 65-51. And Notre Dame beat Pittsburgh by a final of 84-58. Postponed game is Boston College and Louisville. Taking a look at the top 25, it starts with Louisville from the ACC at 25, Oklahoma representing the Big 12 at 24, UCLA from the Pac-12 at 23, the St. Louis Billikens come in at 22, Minnesota 21, Virginia Tech 20, 19 is Illinois up three spots, Tennessee down 12 spots to 18, Creighton down six spots to 17, Florida State is at 16. Kansas is down six spots to 15, Wisconsin at 14, Ohio State at 13, Missouri at 12, 11 is West Virginia, and Texas Tech is at 10. Inside the top 10, it's Alabama at 9, Virginia at 8, Iowa at 7, Houston at 6, Texas at 5, Michigan at 4, Villanova at 3, and the top two does not change. It's Baylor at 2 and Gonzaga at 1, each team undefeated in a combined 29 games this year some headlines now on the morning sports board as the major league baseball players association is mulling over a proposal by mlb to delay the start of the 2021 season and if the union does not provide a counteroffer early next week spring training is likely to start in mid-february as scheduled sources familiar to the situation told espn After months of scattered dialogue, the parties find themselves in a similar position to last year when the coronavirus pandemic shut down the season, disagreeing over the proper path forward. The league's proposal to push back the start of spring training to late March and the beginning of the season to late April includes a 154-game schedule that would pay players their full 162-game salaries. The proposal concerns the MLBPA on multiple fronts Players and union sources told ESPN with pitchers having ramped up to start spring training around February 17th. They are reticent to shut down and start again by the proposed March 22nd spring training start for a season that will begin April 28th. Just get it together guys. Okay. I'm a baseball rat. I want to see some baseball start to as close on as, as close as on time as possible and yeah, you're playing eight less games, but you're not getting eight less games paid. You're getting a full hundred sixty two games. All right? I-, I think that would be enough to take care to take care of you. Don't you guys think so? Especially these guys that signed these crazy contracts like Mike Trout and Bryce Harper and the rest of those guys. To the NBA, Nikola Jokic matches career high with 47 points, and the Denver Nuggets beat the Utah Jazz on Sunday to end the Jazz' winning streak at 11. Jokic was 17 for 26 from the field. He'll hit all four of his three-point attempts, made nine of 10 free throws, had 12 rebounds and five assists. He scored 33 points in the first half. Will Barton added 18 points, Jamal Murray 16 to help the Nuggets win for the sixth time in seven games. Utah lost for the first time since January 6th at New York. Bo- Bojan Bogdanovic led the Jazz with 29, and Donovan Mitchell had 13 in 31 minutes after missing two games while in concussion protocol. Denver hit all eight of his three-point attempts and shot 80% in the first quarter. The Nuggets kept it going in the second, going 13 of 24 from the field and finishing 15 of 17 from long range in the first half to take a 79 54 lead those two teams will see each other in the playoffs all right i'm just putting it out there those two teams will see each other in the playoffs okay i wouldn't be surprised if it's a a second round matchup a first or second round matchup between the utah jazz and the and the denver nuggets they're developing a rivalry The rules issue that Patrick Reed faced during the third round of the Farmers Insurance Open is one that Rory McIlroy also confronted without a rules official and with virtually no fanfare. Reed, who shot a 468 Sunday to win the event, was allowed to take a drop from what he believed was an embedded lie on the 10th hole Saturday, sparking considerable conjecture as to whether it was warranted. He picked up his ball in the rough thought he was entitled to relief and then called in rules official Brad Fable, who after briefly testing the ground, concurred and gave Reed the free drop. He went on to par the hole and began the fourth round tied for the lead at Torrey Pines with Carlos Ortiz. Replay showed Reed's, Reed's ball bounced, which he later admitted would suggest and didn't embed, but no one was aware of that at the time. Got to get these rules right, guys. Got to get these rules right one way or another. Lionel Messi in Barcelona will take legal action against Spanish newspaper El Mundo after it released the leaked details of the forward's record-breaking contract on Sunday. El Mundo pushed documents relating to Messi's four-year deal signed in 2017 and gave an intricate breakdown of the $555 million he would receive if all add-ons were met. The report claimed that Messi's contract is the biggest ever signed by an athlete. Want to talk to Patrick Mahomes about that? Sources have confirmed to ESPN that Messi will take action against El Mundo and any Barca personnel involved in the leaking of the contract. There were only four copies of the contract. Messi has one. Barca has another, La Liga has a copy, and so does Cuatresas, the law firm used by the Argentina International. Well, 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 looks like uh, the big leagues here in the U.S. are not the only ones that have huge numbers, huge numbers, Okay. We'll have to see how all this plays out. All right. The Morning Sports Board. As excited as I am about the Warriors this year, I can't wait till next year when Klay Thompson is back. Swingman said it kills him to be missing his second straight season, this time because of an Achilles tear. But the former All-Star said his rehab is coming along well and that he plans on playing for a long time. Speaking for the first time, since suffering a season-ending right Achilles tear during a workout on November 18th, Thompson was in good spirits as he discussed the long process he faces. Thompson said, quote, I'm living good to be back in the building that I'm so eagerly awaiting to play in. Just a little bored at times. Stuff slow with trying to let my Achilles heal and get to the next stage, which is mobility work. But I'm feeling good. I'm happy to be with my teammates, obviously. Unfortunately, I'm not playing. It kills me every day, but I plan on playing for a long time, and I don't want to have any mishaps come this rehab, close quote. Clay Thompson had, uh, well, someone said something to me about Clay Thompson and their belief that he's the most valuable player. He is a valuable player. He is a valuable player. When the Warriors came out of the gate and they were struggling the first two games of the year and they didn't put up 100 points, all the memes were out there. Okay, all of the laughter was out there. But now Golden State's 11-9. and nine. And yeah, they're going to miss Clay for a second straight year, which will probably keep them off the championship board. But I got so much faith in this team, it's not even funny. I miss Clay Thompson playing. I miss seeing number 11 out there. I miss the Splash Brothers being whole, okay? And that is no uh, – I hold nothing back when I speak of the teams that I cover, the Bulls, the Spurs, and the Warriors. And with the Warriors, I miss Klay Thompson, and I know how big Klay Thompson is to this team. And I love when people come after me and they're going, so about the Warriors in the playoffs. Yeah, watch this. Okay? That's all I'm going to say is watch this. Because when he gets back, the dynasty will resume. Remember the Bulls had to, the Bulls took two years off. The Rockets won two titles while the Bulls were in the midst of their dynasty. It's going to happen again, this time with Golden State, but I don't think two is going to be enough for them. They're going to 3 Pete. Hell, they may get four when this team gets together in this hole again. And I'm going to love seeing Clay play with James Wiseman, who is going to be Rookie of the Year, by the way. I can't wait to see Clay Thompson hit the floor again. Ryan Dunn is next, and then Tom Brenneman after that. This is Snowman in the Morning. Mister, where are you going? They want more! Snowman in the Morning continues after
1: this. I have a question for you. Why would you start your day listening to the normal talking heads? (laughs) Doesn't
0: make sense. Tune into Snowman in the morning for Real Sports Talk. Alright, let's get back into things here. Ryan Dunn, my Monday morning QB, has joined me.
1: What up, Ryan? Hello, Snowman. How are you doing this morning?
0: Doing good, doing good. Alright, let's dive in. I gave my thoughts at the top of the program. Now I want to hear yours. The trade. Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff. And my next three words are, what the hell?
1: (laughs) Well, I think when you had to take a look at both sides, I think the rest of that trade makes a little more sense for the Lions where you include the next two first-round picks, not this year's first-round picks for the Rams, but the next two first-round picks for the Rams and this year's third-round pick, plus Jared Goff. At the end of the day, I personally think um, you know, on my show, I talked about how I personally think the Lions won this trade. You got rid of a quarterback who doesn't want to be there anymore. And this team is looking like it's being built for the future. Um, I don't expect the Lions to make a playoffs this year. Sorry to disappoint any Detroit Lions fans. <laughs> um, you are taking that. You are, even though Jared Goff has been to a Super Bowl, he does have playoff experience, which is also probably a good thing for the Lions you are taking a downgrade at quarterback. I think we all yep. can agree that Matthew Stafford is a better quarterback. Yep. But the the Rams could only make this happen. I think at the end of the day the Rams they obviously wanted Stafford too because this trade happened because of them. And they knew just the money that they were going to be taking on the Goth, they might as well take on basically a what, close to the same amount of money with a better quarterback and this is kind of a scary situation. Though, if I'm the Ram, if I'm Rams fans, like I'm, I'm okay with getting Stafford. I'm not okay with what we gave up, and I want right. the picks because they, if as long if they don't go if they don't get another first round pick, like if they don't make another trade for a first round pick between now and 2024, it will have been within seven years of them picking a player in the first round from prior to 2024. But seven years, you don't get a first round player, and I get. Sean system works, but I feel you still gotta have first round talent, in my opinion.
0: It just seems like the Rams repeated a trade. You know, the one they made for Jalen Ramsey where they gave up another King's ransom to Jacksonville. Now this is you can kind of say this is different, but it's the same it's the same principle. You give up a King's ransom for a player that could help you now. But when it comes to the future, where are those draft picks when you need them? Oh, we sent we, we we sent them away. Am I wrong in this thinking? Is this any different than the Ramsey deal that they sent to Kings ransom for?
1: Uh, personally, when I saw that Ramsey one happen, I think Ramsey, uh, Ja'Len Ramsey in my opinion is you know, he's a once-in-a-generational talent at corner. You know, I mean, we do have great corners in the game. Jalen Ramsey is one top, obviously one of the top corners in the game, and you made the case of saying he's the number one cornerback in the game. When they gave up the multiple first-round picks, I was kind of like, that's a little too much, may, my opinion. But at the same time, you, if you're a win-now team, which the Rams are focused on winning now, Like there's the Rams and the Lions. The Rams are win now. Lions are win maybe three, five years (laughs) or 20 years. You know, if the Detroit Lions, you never know when they'll ever win. But the Rams are more of a win now team. And if you are going to get a player that's going to bring a boost and bring some energy and bring something to your defense or your offense, I don't think this is actually the same because, you know, they got Ramsey and they extended him. They gave him a a good contract as well. So he's going to be there for a while. Stafford is 32, so you can still get about maybe four or five good years out of Stafford. So I don't, I don't really compare the two in my opinion. But I, you know, giving up multiple first-round picks, you give up four potential stars. You know, and first-round picks, This is the thing: first-round picks. You don't know what they're going to be. They could be a star. They could be a bust. It happens. I, I, every pick could be a star or a bust in this game. But if you give up four first-round picks. For two players, those two guys better bring their A game day in and day out, and better be making you a Super Bowl contender. Which I personally don't have the Rams as a Super Bowl contender with this trade. I have them making the playoffs next year. This solidifies my pick from making the playoffs. But as far as making the run for the Super Bowl, I just don't see that just yet.
0: I don't see that either. And how does let's break this? How does Matthew Stafford help the Rams now?
1: I think when you're going to probably get someone that can bring more firepower at the quarterback position, you know, I felt like Jared Goff was only a product of Sean McVay's system. And I'm not saying that he's going to go to Detroit and be bad. I think you can find out what made him uh, good or even great for the Rams and translate that to, you know, to Detroit. He can bring some voices to, hey, this has worked well for me. That's kind of what it takes when you have a starting quarterback to find out what works well for them. For Stafford, he's had so many different coaches, so many different offensive coordinators, moving pieces this whole time in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And now he's going to get in a, in a system that it seems more – he's going to a team that seems more offensive-minded. And I think you already have a guy that's already half success. He just – Hasn't had the right talent. He hasn't had the right pieces. He hasn't had the right coaches. Now you pair him with Sean McVay, and he can probably have. I don't want. I'm not going to say an MVP season this year, but he could probably at least step up his game because now he's also going to have Cooper Cup and Robert Woods on the outside. Some great weapons. I mean, he hasn't had a, a, a great weapon really, for being honest, since Calvin Johnson. Right. I mean, that's a, a fantastic weapon. But Stafford, I think he's going to love this move because. He's going with an offensive-minded coach that I think is really going to sit down and work with Stafford to find out what makes him successful as a quarterback.
0: So with Jared Goff going to Detroit, what does that mean for the Lions? Because I don't see – maybe I'm harsh in saying this, but me being as old school as I am, I don't see any weapons for Jared Goff to use in Detroit. Am I wrong?
1: Uh, I think Kenny, Gall- Kenny Galladay is really a good weapon. I really hope that they find a way to keep him long-term in Detroit. I've, I've, is, people want to compare him to like a mini Calvin Johnson. I don't buy that. Calvin Johnson was just a freaking nature out there. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. But when it comes to Kenny Galladay, he's still a good weapon. TJ Hawkinson is a solid tight end. He just needs to get the ball a little bit more. And DeAndre Swift at running back, like when they signed Adrian Peterson last year, I was like, "What are you doing?" So DeAndre Swift at running back, I think is a great piece. I think he needs to get more touches, honestly. Yeah. So I think they have a good core around there for Jared Goff to find success. Now, again, this team is not going to make the playoffs next year. Right. Like, it's just not going to happen. Right. I think Dan Campbell is a good coach. I think he is a good. I think he's gonna be a good fit for what he wants to do. And he would even straight up and said. I'm not gonna sit there and tell you we're made a playoffs and win all these games because I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen, and I respect that from him as a coach. I think the players do as well, and I think the fans do too because they've heard the same story for so long.
0: Yeah, they have. They,
1: oh, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do that, and it's just like the lions. And, and not, the lions just stink. Like, and, they, they suck, and, and, nothing and, and nothing happens.
0: And nothing happens. Nothing has. Yeah. Nothing has happened truly for the lions since 1991. And I know they've had a playoff appearance or two since then, but everything is compared in Detroit to 1991. 1991 is the year for the, Detroit, for, for the Detroit Lions. I mean, they beat Dallas in the Silver Dome. Anybody remember that place? And then they go to Washington. They get walloped in Washington. But it just seems like the comparison in terms of playoff years, the, the, the bar was 1991.
1: Yeah, and like like we said, it's just this team hasn't done anything since they. Since Stafford's been in Detroit. I think they made a the playoff two or three times at most. I can't yeah. even remember because they are always knocked out the first round. They don't do anything, and I'm not saying that. That I'm not saying making the playoffs is a bad situation. It's just like you know if they haven't done much since he's been there. I think mm-hmm. that's why he's been. That's why the fans got frustrated. That's why he's been frustrated because he's been there for so long. He said, "I can't keep trying to do enough and not get anything out of this team." I, like he wants success, and that's you can't be mad at a player who wants to leave and says, "I can't win here." Right. He wants to go and win, for and I, he knows that any of these teams out there. Like I felt the Colts were going to be a good option. Felt um, and I felt the Rams were going to be a good option. Um, there was a few other teams out there as well. I think we were going to be good options for him. And I think he sees the Rams, again, as a good option for him where he can at least find success, make it to the, not only just make it to the playoffs, but actually do something in the playoffs, at least win a game or two.
0: I, The team I thought Stafford would go to that had a ready-made team for him to win was Indianapolis. It, it just seemed to fit. Stafford being there in front of a great offensive line, you got T.Y. Hilton and other weapons to throw to. They have a balanced running game, and they're going to get a couple pieces back off of injury. I just really thought it would be the Colts that would come a-calling.
1: The thing is, though, T.Y. Hilton will probably not even be back next year. I don't think they're I mean, there's talks that he will come back, but because he's going to be a free agent, and then there's – from what I've been hearing – doesn't sound like they're going to bring him back if they do it's not going to be for a lot you know if he wants to be a colt for life i'm sure they would he would take a hometown discount if he really wants to be there mm-hmm. um but you're right though this team does have uh a lot of pieces in place i think personally Stafford would have taken this team to a potential super bowl contender yeah i, I think going to the season philip rivers being added was definitely a piece to make them a super bowl like at least a Dark horse for a Super Bowl that mm-hmm. none of the people were going to talk about, but could have done something if they made the playoff or if they won against Buffalo. But now, if you would put Statter there, I mean that's just a whole different ball game. And now it's just he's not there, and as a Colts fan myself, I don't even know what we're going to do because really, I thought it was really going to happen. I thought Ballard was going to pull the trigger. Yep. But when I saw the Rams gave up, I just thought, I don't know how like where we would have found that stuff mm-hmm. to go and give to Detroit for Matthew Stafford. But, you know, Chris Ballard's is a good GM. We believe in him. He's done a lot. He's turned his pro, the franchise around from, you know, Ryan Grigson and from mm-hmm. what, how terrible he was as a GM. Mm-hmm. So I, I uh, as a Colts fan, again, I don't know what we're doing with quarterback. And like you said, I thought Stafford was going to be the place because of everything else that's there, but it's just, it's just not right now.
0: So what do the Colts do? How do the Colts? They they have every other piece offensively, they just don't have a quarterback right now. So what do what do the Colts do? I'm a fan of the Colts also, uh, by 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 marriage. My beautiful wife is a Colts fan, and I've been a Colts fan since my daughter was born at uh, Peyton Manning Hospital. But what do the Colts do?
1: <sighs> Honestly, it just depends on what I mean. Jim Erick said the owners, came out. And said he wants a veteran president, at, a veteran vision at quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, they want, and I'm pretty sure Chris Ballard's the same way. They want a veteran guy because they know we're not rebuilding. We are in line to make a run. We just right. need somebody to lead us at quarterback. Um, I don't know if, like, here's the thing: if you are going to go draft pick, you need to trade up. And mm-hmm. go get a, a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. You can't think Mac like projections are showing, oh Mac Jones. Like, no, you need look at the teams around the league trade up. Buffalo, Josh Allen, Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Um, uh, Baltimore, Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Jackson. Like, team teams trade up to get their franchise quarterback. Now, has it worked on the past? No, it also has not. I. e. R. G. three. Right. So so be careful, but at the same time, and I think that's why Ballard's kind of, like, hesitant because he you knows it doesn't always work out, but you look at those guys and, like, it can mm-hmm. because of how the game is being played mm-hmm. today and what Justin Fields has done in college. I personally think Justin Fields would be a good fit if they could trade up to the right spot to go get him. Right, But, like, I don't think, I just don't think Ballard is in a position to do that. And, you know, the other big name out there is is Deshaun Watson, that will never happen because you never trade within your division, your division. And if you do, as a GM, you get fired. It's that simple. Easy. Easy.
0: <laughs> the only example where that hasn't happened was Richard Sherman going to San Francisco from Seattle, but there's been some rumblings up in, uh, uh, up in Seattle. We're up against the break. This is Ryan Dunn, my Monday morning quarterback, talking all things Matthew Stafford, Jared, golf trade, I want to get you on later this week so we can talk Super Bowl. We just ran out of time today. I'd love to have you come back this week.
1: Yeah, sounds good. I'll talk to
0: you then. All right. Ryan Dunn, my Monday morning quarterback, talking all things Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford trade. I'll have him back later this week to talk Super Bowl, and I'm going to have you all back in a moment to hear my conversation with the one and only Tom Brenneman. This is Snowman in the Morning.